At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 634th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is turning homesteading skills into a new business venture. We're talking with Eric Diedrichsen about developing a new poultry feeder. Eric lost his main trade show business due to COVID. He turned to his skills he knew as a part-time homesteader and designed, patented, and produces the best chicken feeder on the market and started his new business, poultryprofeeder.com. Aside from wanting to provide a proven superior product, he is using the opportunity to learn the business process. Welcome to the show today, Eric. Are you ready to rock poultry feeders? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Excellent. You bet. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Yeah, I mean, it, it was all just a matter of circumstances. You know, they, they say, you know, one door closes, another opens. Right. Yeah, so I've I've had chickens for probably you know fifteen over fifteen years now. I've been keeping chickens, and I think a lot of people are probably familiar with the the, the DIY, the do-it-yourself type gravity-fed chicken feeders, where you get a piece of PVC like a PVC elbow, plumbing elbow, and uh-huh. you cut a hole into a bucket or something like that, and you glue it and you do all this. And I've done it myself, and it, yeah. it works. Well, it works well. But it's well, and that's, pot, you know, so yeah, and yeah, that's, that's a so, lot, that's a lot more advanced than what I've ever done. You know, you, we started out, we, exactly. yeah, we started out with just a bowl of food out for them and then the pigeons arrived, then we had to build a coop and then the sparrows arrived. So we had to find something different and this is cool. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 I find that many, many people progress to it. I know that when I first got chickens, I went out to the, the local farm supply place and I picked up the cheap little feeder and it lasted about a year and it made a mess and then it started to you know fade from the sun and the squirrels chewed at it so then I got a metal feeder and that thing would stick during the winter and I think everybody kind of progresses to this kind of feeder like a gravity fed system yeah I thought about it forever I was like ah you know there's a better way to do this and I know being in the trade show industry I was privileged to know a lot of people like in the design field and manufacturing fields, just having gone to a lot of different shows. So I always talked about it for years. I talked about it and talked about it. When COVID hit and pretty much trade shows went away, uh-huh. I was like, I might as well, I might as well do something with this newfound time, free time and called up one of my colleagues, industrial designer, and we got to work. So tell me the problems with standard feeders. Most people are kind of familiar or use that the open tray. Right. If you think about it on the outside there, chickens are, are typically messy. You know, they, they're <laughs> flinging. That's an understatement. 
right yeah and squirrels they just hang or rats hang on the edge of it and, and it's just it's like a free-for-all and if it rains at all and you don't have it inside obviously everything that's in the tray turns and just crumbles falls apart so i mean that's pretty much it you waste a lot of food it's messy and and, and often they attract you know squirrels and rats and everything else so how did you get to the point of coming up with this idea because so i'll just be up front you contacted me about three months ago and you said i have this new poultry feeder and i want to send you one of them and you sent me one and i assembled it it took me just about 20 minutes to assemble it into a into a five gallon bucket and it's amazing i love it so how did you go from the tray feeder thought to oh my gosh we need to design this and then you designed it and now it's available yeah, so I, you know, like I was saying, I, I, through the years, I kind of progressed up to that DIY system that I think a lot of people, you know, they search on YouTube and it's it's pretty advanced. And I, I had one for years and it worked and I wanted to upgrade or the bucket cracked or something like that. And I was like, I got to go out and I got to buy all new fittings and I got to cut them and I got to do this. I said, there's got to be a way that you can just kind of swap them out or install them real easy. I know that there are a lot of, you know, they don't, they may not have a three inch hole saw or they may not, they, you know, have some of the tools necessary. And I, I just want to say, there's got to be an easy way to put together a kit. And there are some out there, but they're just not, they're not the same. They're not as, as effective as they need to be. And so how did you figure this out? That's really what I'm trying to get to. It's one of those funny things where like, you know, I'm, you know, almost 50 years old now. And I, I for most of my life, I've always been this kind of inventor i've got a barn with a big shop and i'm i'm always kind of making things and i'm always figuring i'm like i i want to make a product that i know is going to be successful and there's a big need for it and everything else so it was really you know these chicken feeders i would make them once in a while using pvc plumbing fittings and stuff like that and i just i kind of sat down and started to just with a doodle pad uh -huh. and i was like this doesn't work it doesn't work right if you have an elbow it doesn't work right. You can't, you can't, it's not effective because the bushing was the kind of like the aha moment for me where I was like, if I could just put threads on it uh -huh. and then I could use a bushing and just, it just screws right on, holds it in place. Instead of having screws or glue or anything like that, it just kind of just sitting there staring at a piece of paper that I had doodles all over. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the way it's got to be done. And I was like, that's, that's it. <laughs> I love like that. I found it, you know? Yeah. Literally staring at a piece of paper. So paint us a picture of how this works so that people can get an idea. All right. I'll do my best. <laughs> so it's, it's, if you can imagine like a four or five inch piece of pipe, mm -hmm. right? That's got a cap on one end. And if you drilled a hole uh -huh. into a bottom of a bucket and you put the pipe in there, and the cap end is inside the bucket. Then if you had a hole at the bottom of the pipe, you could fill it with food and the chickens look in the pipe and they can see the food, but it's not going to pour out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or a better way to probably explain it. I, I hear you. And it takes looking at it. So if you go to poultryprofeeder.com, you can actually see some pictures of it. Here's what I did with mine, because it looks like you can do them in buckets or in tubs. So I used a bucket, and your product arrives ready to install, right? Correct. So tell me, once once somebody gets this package, tell me what they do with it, and then I'll tell everybody how I did mine here in a minute. Okay. 
so the you know when you get the package it comes with three feeder ports and it also comes with a three inch hole saw which is you know great because most even like the hole saw kits that they sell only usually go up to two and a half inches oh right so, i wondered yeah, about so that the pa- yeah that's, that's one of the key things and when you first get the package right on the back there's a qr code and for most iphone owners which i think many people do in samsung you can literally just scan it and that's essentially you just open up your camera and you just look at this code through mm-hmm. your camera it'll in, it'll instantly take you directly to our website where there's pictures, videos, everything else. It's so easy. Hold on. Pulsar is three inches. Hold on. So the QR code is on the packaging. When your package arrived to me, I knew about the QR code, so I pulled it up on my phone, and it took me to your website and a two- to three-minute video on how to install the thing. So you, you made it that simple for people to learn how to put this thing together. Thanks. Yeah, I think so. I think even the videos are overkill. I mean, it's, 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 it's actually that simple. Yeah. Even on the packaging itself, there's only three steps. It's measure three inches up from the bottom. Uh-huh. The hole saw is three inches, so, so that's pretty easy. And then you just drill. Drill three holes around. Most people use a five-gallon bucket. You right. drill three holes equally spaced out. They don't have to be exact, but you, you do three holes around it. You literally put the feeder port in the hole and then screw the bushing on from the inside. Yeah, I mean, it's when that you simple. Get the packaging, and you look. Yeah, you look. I mean, you look at the thing, and you go, "Okay, that's how you do it." You might. Yeah. If you, I would think that many people wouldn't even need to watch an installation video. Yeah, but it's there, which makes it even simpler. Thank you, thank you. Yes, and because we have had one or two people that have put them in upside down. Yeah, and they've they've sent me an email. Hey, how come my food's spilling oh, out? And yeah. I'm like, you're. It's upside down. <laughs> Just turn it upside down. And they're like, oh, thank you very much. So these um, these ports, that's what you called them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Feed a port. Yeah. So it's two pieces. And what you do, and, and I interrupted you a moment ago, but you drill your three-inch hole. And then what? You literally put it in the hole. You, put, you reach around inside the bucket with the bushing. It's like a big nut. And you just screw it on. And that's it. And that's it. Exactly. That's it. There's really nothing else more to explain. We, we tried to, the whole point of it was to make it, you know, simple, durable, and, you know, cost-effective. And so what makes the Poultry Pro Feeder extraordinary? Extraordinary is... is that's my word. I got it, but that's okay. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, you know, I it, you know, it's just because a lot of people do. I've gotten a lot of letters from people saying, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Yep. Solved a lot of my problems. You know, they're like, oh, it's, it's great. Thank you so much. And I'm like, eh, it's just a chicken feeder. And maybe that's, not, maybe I'm being modest or whatever. But I, I just think it's a better feeder, you know, for, for a bunch of reasons. There are ones out there that are similar. But if you could think of a 90 degree plumbing elbow, you know, a lot of them got that kind of design to them. And the chicken has to actually like reach down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They stick their head, they stick their head into the hole and then they've got to kind of strain to reach towards the bottom. And, you know, that's, that's kind of a pain and it's, it's unnecessary, you know, frankly. And then you have to use screws and screw it all together. And yeah. Once you install these into the bucket, then you can either hang the bucket so that maybe animals couldn't get in or you can set it on the ground. And how does the chicken eat out of it? So we, we recommend, we don't put them directly on the ground. We think that the hole should be about neck height. Oh, okay. So typically, like if, if you if you, you just you can leave them on top of a cinder block, you can hang them from a rope or something like that. But usually a few inches off the ground, is kind of better. 
and that also is going to help deter your vermin and rats and mice. Because mm-hmm. if it is hanging, if, you know, a lot of people have to hang it from a hook or from a rope or something like that. Literally, mice and stuff like that are not going to be able to access it at all. In rats as well, there if it's if it's hung, there's just much more of a commitment for them to like jump up into <laughs> a hole. You right? know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not like it's true. And the and the chickens don't spill it at all because they can't. They put their head into the hole to eat. They can't fling it out. They can't make a mess of it. Right. So they they're literally only getting what they eat. You know, that's actually one of the brilliant things about this because what you know we in the past we've just had a tray out for the chickens and they'll get in the tray and they'll spray it all over the place and you actually waste a lot of food that way yeah it's crazy so what this so the way it works is once the once it's assembled the chickens just they have to stick their head in to eat correct and i think a lot of people have seen similar ones like this and they, they probably look almost like similar they are in function. The chicken sticks their head into a hole, uh-huh. and that's how they get their food. The thing with ours that also is uh, that kind of separates it, and makes it cool, is that because there's no elbow that goes downwards, yeah, the chickens can act. They can actually see the food. Yep. So when they look into the hole, they look into the hole. They can see food, and they're like, "Oh, that's where it is," and they just stick their head in and eat. There's no training involved. Yeah. With a lot of other ones, you gotta you gotta kind of like overfill the ports and yep. pour some in the front with your hand and and you know wait until they take to it. You know, yeah. and then they learn they have to they have to learn from it. And some people have written me and told me that that kind of style they have chicks in the same coop or same pen, and they say the baby chicks have got up in there and can't get back out. Oh my god. Yeah, with ours it's. It's just a little straight shot. Yeah. So there's nothing for them to fall down into. I mean, I suppose they could climb up into it if they wanted to, but they're not going anywhere. They're not, yeah, they're, there's no place to go because of the way the food feeds through. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so I'm just going to call you out here and say you're being way too modest after, <laughs> av- after having kept chickens for 22 years and tried virtually every feeder on the planet. This one is one of the best ones that I've found. And I'm not saying that because you gave it to me. How much is it, by the way? Right now, that's $29.95, and that includes three feeders and... The whole saw. And the whole saw. Exactly. So for 30 bucks, I guarantee you that you're going to save that in chicken feed in the first year. Well, it's just, it's going to be the last, it's going to be the last feeder you ever buy. It is. You know? It is. Because I, uh, I've actually, even, even having designed them myself and I've had them now, I was using a five gallon bucket. Right. Like most people do. Mm -hmm. And just recently I was like, you know something? This is crazy because I have, a trash can, like a 30-gallon trash can, not a full-size one, but a, a kind of smaller one, but still considerably bigger than a five-gallon bucket. And I keep that in my coop, and we have a big scoop in there. And when we fill the five-gallon bucket, we just scoop in the five-gallon bucket, and we do that like once a week. Yep. We, you know, to fill to fill it. We've got about 20 birds, and I was like, this is so crazy. Why don't I just drill the holes in the trash can? And, and that's exactly what I did. So I just, I opened up the five gallon bucket, literally unscrewed the ports and just drilled a hole and then relocated them and put them in the, in the, I think it's a 28 or 30 gallon trash, trash barrel. Oh my God. Yeah, that's so, brilliant. Yeah. So now I just go, when I buy feed, it holds exactly two chicken feed. What, what are they? 40, 50, 50 pound bags. Yeah, I think 40 they're 50, 50 pound bags. Yeah. Right. So it holds two 
bags. <laughs> I can literally fill up that trash can and not feed my chickens for two months. Wow. You know, they just, they just take care of themselves. I don't have to feed them. Obviously I go out every day to get eggs and yeah. make sure that they have water and everything, but literally I don't have to deal with food for the next two months if I do it like that. Nice. So from an entrepreneurial yeah. perspective, let's talk about a couple of things. The challenges of bringing a product like this to market. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, you know, like I was saying before, I've had plenty of ideas in my life and being previously in the trade show industry, I've actually had ideas and I've seen them come to come to life from someone else years later at a trade show. I'm like, right? oh my God, I'm like, I had, that idea, I had that idea years ago and I just sat on it and I was like, oh, dang it. You know, the challenge is it's, it's funny. You know, people, many people I'm sure watch Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. And you sit there and you say, wow, if I just had, if I only came up with the right idea, boy, I'd be rich, you know? And this is a, like an interesting learning process for me because, you know, the idea only represents like maybe, you know, five or 10% of what's, what's necessary, you uh -huh. know, in order for something to become successful. Oh, you mean, hold on. You, you mean having the idea is only a small piece of the success. Correct. Yeah. I, I have so many people like, you know, I have not so like, but I have friends of mine that have been like, or, you know, colleagues, people that you talk to and I tell them, oh, I invented something. And they're like, like, oh, I have a great idea for something. I'm like, oh, what is it? They're like, oh, I'm not telling you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that, you know, I think most people do that. And guess what? Nothing ever happens. Right. You know, it's like you, and the likelihood that you tell someone an idea, I mean, if you're like a software developer at a software developing conference, then yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much keep it, keep a tight lip too. But if you're just talking to regular people, the likelihood that someone's going to run out and steal your idea is unlikely because there is so much work behind it. Oh, you know, Lord, yeah. it, it's, it's surprising. You know, I've, I, I flipped a house once many years ago and I thought it was going to be, you know, picking tile colors and being real creative and cabinets and this. And I come to the realize that it was mostly about just, Hey, you know, yelling at contractors every day. I need this done because the cabinet guy's coming tomorrow and I need this done. I need that. It was a lot less about what you see on TV. Right. Than, than what you expect. And, you know, it's the same thing with like developing a product or, or starting a, this, this kind of venture. People think like, oh, wow, if I had the great idea, it's just going to fly off the shelves, you know? And it's, it's, there is a lot more involved with the sales and the marketing. And so you, it's available on Amazon as well. And, just the amount that goes into managing a product on Amazon alone is like is a part-time job in itself. It's huge. Yeah. it's Yeah. So I found a specialist, someone who specializes in exactly that. And I was like, they, you, you got this. <laughs> and he's, so I let him manage everything, you know, as it pertains to Amazon, because it's, it's just so daunting. You know, all the, there's so much about metrics and advertising and, and placement and words and you know all the copy and the pictures and the thing everything is like regulated and yep it, it's it's a really interesting process well cool yeah. and also the challenges well you know it's the same challenges that you hear on shark tank all the time you know like right now one of the challenges we have which is a good challenge and i'm not playing is that we're we're going to run out of inventory soon I, we're manufacturing a whole bunch more this was my first go at it so i my first order was a 20-foot container full oh my god um, what that was my first order i <laughs> i'm now ordering two 40-foot containers full that's how wow. well i'm selling 
And so what's going to happen is we're going to end up selling out of them before the new ones are ready for sale. You know what I mean? Then yeah. they're ready for the market. So that's a challenge, you know, right. And, Such uh, a problem to have. Like, yeah. It's, it's funny because I'm sitting there saying, Oh my God, these things are taking off. Everybody's loving them. We're, we're selling, you know, incredibly online. And we've, we've, we've actually had to stop all advertising. We've had to, you know, we've had to take measures to actually slow down sales because mm-hmm. we don't want to be completely out of inventory for, you know, at any time. Right. Yeah. yeah wow. So, so good, the, good, good problem. Exactly. That's a good problem to have. Figure it out, man. Cause the product's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, well, man. congratulations. Yeah. This is awesome. I love that. Uh, I love that uh, you've created this and that you're having success with it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, you know, the modesty comes cause it's, I, you know, it's, it's like the mousetrap. I, I don't, I didn't invent the mousetrap. I didn't invent chicken feeder. I think I just, I took an idea and made it better. Yeah. You know, I just made it or, or made it easy or made it, you know, I just, I have chickens and I struggled with some things and I was like, uh, how can I fix this? As many homesteaders do, they're incredibly creative and people, you know, they're always doing different things to make their life easier. And that's all I did. And I was like, wow, I should sell this, you know? <laughs> um, nice. And it's turning out to be great. Congratulations. Thanks. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you learned from it. It's funny. We were talking earlier about businesses and, and you know, successful business, and I always tell people I give great business advice, <laughs> not from my successful business, but from my failed business. Of course. You know? And, you know, I gave my, I gave, geez, must have been 20, 25 years ago, something like that. I opened up an antique shop and I had different expectations. I thought people, and, you know, it wasn't just like a pile of junk type. I, I had some, you know, creative things in there. I tried to keep it kind of cool and hip and, you know, it was right in the heart of Boston. And yeah, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, the, everything online was starting to pick up eBay, this and that. So People weren't really looking for this kind of stuff where they could just find it online. And I wasn't proactive enough about being online selling stuff. I just had my store and I wasn't really enjoying it. Like I, it just, it didn't work out, you know? So yeah. I had it, I had it for a couple of years and I just, I think that I, I didn't do enough online to make it successful. And I think I didn't do enough online because I didn't think I liked it. You know, it wasn't what I expected it to be because I'm a handy guy. I do little carpentry and electrical and, refinish furniture and so that's why i decided to give it a shot but it wasn't it wasn't that it was you know the same senior citizens popping in every day and chit chatting with me and right just you know it wasn't that great but it, it, it taught me a lot well first and foremost is to do what i love you know do what you do what you love i realized that i didn't like it that's you know? exactly I just, what uh, i was going to say because you said a moment yeah, ago just, you didn't like it and that's a huge red flag. If you're doing something you don't like, find something else, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you try to convince yourself that you like it. I mean, I, I, I didn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I like, I like antiques. I like, I, I like sturdy old furniture and stuff like that. But, you know, I thought people would come in and they would kind of appreciate these things like the same way that I did. But people come in and they're like, you know, they're bartering and they're like devaluing. You know, and it's like, oh, can you paint it? Can you do this? Can you deliver it? Oh man, I'm just a this is a, what, what, what I call a jobby, you know, it was my job, but it was a hobby. It was like, oh, uh, yeah. you, know, it, it just, you know, I wasn't making enough money to kind of support my life the way I wanted it to, you know? And I was just like, yeah, it's like, I had to close the doors. Yeah. So, you know, that was tough, but you know, cause it, it felt like failure, but it turned out to be fantastic because I wanted to do other things that I do, that I do love, 
know? Yeah. Amen. And what do you consider your biggest success? A boot camp? No. <laughs> My time in the military? That was uh that was tough. That was something I didn't think I'd do with as much grace as I did. <laughs> it was it was Well, it was thank tough. you for that. Uh, yeah, I think just being in the military it was a huge success for me. It's it just it's given me a sense of pride and purpose, and you know I, I love this. Or I, probably just being a dad, I guess that's a, that's a, I find that to be pretty rewarding, mm, successful. Nice. So what drives you? I think it's like fulfillment. You know, it, it's not like when I, in my younger years I was, you know I was like many people driven by money. You know, like oh I, I want to be successful in someone else's eyes, and I want to be. You know, I, I worry too much about other people and this and that. And and now I just, I want to, the moments, I, you know, I hate to sound corny. That's why I'm like, oh, like, oh my God, I'd pull myself listening to this. But it's like, you know, just being fulfilled. I love getting out there with my friends and my family, whether we're boating or snowmobiling or bringing a product to the market successfully. Like just, I just, I love just getting things done, you know, like yeah. just, you know, just life. I appreciate life. You said something a moment ago. You said being in the moment. Yeah. That's huge. If we could, as a culture, if we could learn how to just be here now, not get drugged down by what's happened in the past and not be afraid of what might happen in the future, if we could just live in the moment, we would be so much better off, I think. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I lost my first wife. She passed. And that was was many years ago. Yeah, sorry. I know. But that taught me a lot Mm -hmm. about life. I mean, really, it was an epiphany for me. To, to I, I mean, I was grinding. I was working 60 hours a week. I was a family man. I was, you know, cutting the lawn on the weekends and, and, you know, working late during the week and everything else. And when that happened, it changed. You know, that's that's why I say, like, fulfillment. I, I, I'm more about the moments. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm remarried. My wife is an amazing woman. I love her. And... I think that we both have just a higher sense of appreciation given our, our backgrounds in life, you know? Oh yeah. And so it's like, for me, it's, it's not about getting to a number or getting, some, you know, I, you know what I mean? Oh like yeah. I'm not, it, it, it's just, it, it is, it's about being present. You know, all stress is worrying about the future based on the past. So right? being present, right? Every, yeah. any, any stress you can think about is all related to the same thing, worrying about the future based on the past. Um, yeah that is that is right there if we if we did nothing but framed out that eight second thing that you just said and (laughs) if you if that's the only thing the listeners took away from this this is a brilliant podcast for that piece right there thank you yeah no i did a lot of i did a lot of reading so i I don't i don't i don't i think i probably heard that somewhere else so that's okay (laughs) i'm not that Uh, no we Um, didn't create it but we're living it that's exactly. the key. Live that. Don't live in the exactly. past. Don't gotta... worry about the future. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying the same exact thing. It's, just, it's all about being present. Yeah. You know, I'm so excited about this interview about Poultry Pro Feeder and all the rest of the stuff. You can tell how excited I am about it. So thank you. No, th- thanks. I appreciate it. I, uh, it's, 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 re- it's really been amazing for me. And it's funny, in the, in, the, in the spirit of business and what we said a second ago about, like, being present and, you know, stress and all that, I found, I found that, like, when I actually started working less and I started, like, selling less, my business started to actually 
grow more <laughs> and become more successful right because i was working so i was i was working so many hours and i was going into these meetings these sales meetings and pitching and 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 you know dog and pony show day you know like this is what separates us from everybody else this is what makes us better this is what when i just said it you know i'm not going to do that anymore i'm just going to go in and i'm going to say hey this is what we have this is what it costs i hope you love it. and if you don't good all the best i i, I you know I, I wish you all the success as well like and people started to kind of gravitate to that. And, you know, this is like, this is another business, you know, designing trade shows and exhibits and stuff. Yeah. And people were like, I like, you know, I like this guy, you know, I, and I was just, and I, I didn't, I stopped five o'clock. That's it. I'm on my way home. I don't, I'll get back to you tomorrow. <laughs> and I think people started to kind of respect yes. me more. Yeah. You know, I sounded, I started, I, I wasn't just a sales guy, you know, that I, I think they identified with me more as colleague and a person that they wanted to work with. Yeah. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I did read a book a couple of years ago that I enjoyed. It's called, it's called uh, The Way of the Superior Man. And it's not nearly as, as macho as you would think it is. It's more about like, you know, spiritual fulfillment. It's kind of like Men Are From Mars, Women From Venus, uh-huh. but written for but written for a guy, oh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, it, and it just—I think it—it it has done wonders for my relationship and for just my purpose. And it's just—I I just found it—I found it to be very interesting. Congratulations, that's cool. Yeah, and I think it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's great for a woman to read as well. Yeah. You know, I asked my wife to read. I think my wife read it too. She was like, "Oh, this is pretty interesting." Just talks about like the the, the energy. The, you know, between men and women and, and why we are the way we are towards each other and what to respect and appreciate and, you know, what drives you and stuff like that. It was good. Yeah. It's interesting. Cool. And what one yeah. final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? When it comes to, I guess, you know, in, in the spirit of this podcast, which is, you know, entrepreneurship and, and bringing a product to market is, is I, I guess, action is power not you know everyone always says knowledge is power and it's not the case you know like i've had ideas that have sat sat in my head forever if you've got an idea or you've got a unique way of doing something or or something that you've designed or built and you you know you think that someday if you do nothing you're gonna get nothing like just i had this idea for this chicken feeder for years and i did nothing as 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 many as we all do and it, it took being unemployed, it took COVID to, to kind of kick me in the butt. It, right? just, it, it forced me to, it forced me to take action. So, and if you've got an idea or something that you're looking to do or change, just do it. The only regret is having not done it sooner. <laughs> right. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, oh, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. How can our listeners find you? Um, We also have a, Instagram and Facebook, and that's uh, those are the Riverbend Homestead, the Riverbend. Sorry if I said that too quickly, but the Riverbend Homestead. That's kind of like Instagram and Facebook. It's yeah. A little, little more pictures of our dogs and kids and tractors, and it's all you know. It's our homesteading website, but nice. Um, poultryprofeeder.com. That's where you can find the product, videos of the product, and you can send me questions and emails. It has our phone number and everything. So if someone wants to reach us, that's the best way is to just go to poultryprofeeder.com but if you want to know more personally about me and my lifestyle go to Instagram and it's the Riverbend Homestead
Excellent. 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 Thank you so much. And for our listeners out there, if you have chickens, do yourself a favor. Get a Poultry Pro feeder. That it will change your chicken's life. Yeah, and it's a refund guaranteed. Yeah. If you, don't, if you don't like it for whatever reason, if it isn't the absolute best, send it back. We'll, we're, we'll happily refund you. Yeah, and you won't. You won't end up sending it back. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't, we haven't had anything back yet, so <laughs> right. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining Greg, us. Pleasure. Right back at you, man. Absolute pleasure. You can find show Thank notes. You, Absolutely. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash poultry pro. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.